0: Hello, collective listeners. Today's episode is really special to me. This is my first ever mentor in the field of strength and conditioning, Christy Bartlett, where she's currently the director of Olympic strength and conditioning for NC State. Um, You guys can see Christy's an awesome human being, uh, even better coach, and she's just fantastic to speak with, um, an energy giver, as you would say. Uh, So I hope you guys really enjoy the conversation and thank you as always for listening. What's going on, collective listeners, on today's episode of the Samson Strength Coach Collective, we have a very special guest to me, my first ever mentor in the strength and conditioning (laughs) field, Christy Bartlett. Christy, thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Connor.
0: She's laughing because... She only makes fun of me. That's, that's basically our relationship. She roasts me. And then every once in a while, like it's like one of those, like, you know, every once in a while she'll be like, hey, good job. You know, but like, all right, thanks. And that means so much to me. I remember. You gotta earn it, man. The, oh, 100%. I remember the first time you ever called me coach. I like, I think I like jumped up and down across the white room. And then and then you immediately regretted it. You're like, I hate, I hate how you respond. Like, I hate you. I hate you all together. Yeah, 100%. Hey, that's, that, that, that's how I am. I'm, you you uh, love to hate me. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you again for coming on. And uh, as always, can you kind of just give us a little bit of your background in strength and conditioning and then uh, what brought you to NC State?
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, I got into strength and conditioning because I didn't make the basketball team my freshman year of high school. So here the, we go. The coach cut me. I wasn't on the list. Got a little mad. I was arrogant. And, you know, I grew up in this like one stop light town. And so I was the best basketball player that county had ever saw. So when I was going to go try out for a team, I knew I was supposed to make it. So when I didn't, I walked in his office and said, hey, man, like, what's the deal? Like, you know, he's like, you're not good enough. And this, that and the third. I'm like, "Okay, I'll be back next year. I'm going to get a Division one scholarship and I'm going to make the team and, and do the whole thing. He's like, "Okay." so that that entire summer I got into like. All the muscle mags, all I bought those shoes with the platforms on the top with the, the for vertical jump. Started playing a bunch oh, yeah. of like uh, pickup basketball, uh, running like uh, like light pole sprints on the back rows, just playing a, a bunch of ball and just like, oh, and then I got on the slim fast diet. I got on the special K diet. And then I, <laughs> if you remember, there was a six second ab. Like thing that you put in your lap and you would just crunch down. Yes, I got one of those. So I just got really into like what I thought was like training, and then I came back, made basketball team, did all that thing. Now I got to my first school to play ball. Got I ended up getting a scholarship to go play ball at Winthrop, and my strength coach there, Chip Pew. He was like, I was like, dude, I want to do what you do. I want to work in a weight room and wear sweatpants get free gear. Like, I want to do this. (laughs) And I was like, so tell me what I got to do. And he's like, you got to, you know, I was an athletic training major. He was like, you got to stop that because you're not going to be able to play ball and be an athletic trainer uh, and do the hours and all that. I was like, all right. He said, so I changed my major to like exercise science. And he was like, and then when you're done, go get your master's degree. So I, that summer... I got my first strength and conditioning internship at NC state uh, in 2003 or four ish. No, no, 2004 ish that summer. No. Yes. 2004 (laughs) or five, something like that. And I I was here and I worked with Charles Stevenson and Chris Moreland and these guys. And then I was still playing ball. And I emailed, I saw this article on elite FTS that uh, Jim Steele wrote. And I was like, I read it and I was sold. I was like, I'm going to go work for this guy. This is the guy I'm going to go work for. And so I emailed him, cold emailed him. I was like, can I come and work for you? And he was like, do you have any experience? Like, what what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm a student. I'm playing basketball down here, North Carolina, all this kind of stuff. He was like, I have an internship. So of course I called my parents and I'm like, dad, mom, I'm moving to Philadelphia. I got an internship. They were like, you're in the middle of your season. Like, no. And you're in the middle of undergrad. Like, no, you got, you got stuff to do. So I was like, all right. So I kept in contact with Steele sort of, and then I ended up graduating. And so when I was at NC State for my, I mean, for my first internship, I asked him what I need to do. He said, go get your master's degree. So I went and got my master's degree at UNC Charlotte. And then once I graduated from my master's degree, I started applying for jobs. So my first job was at State. Out in nowhere, Kentucky. It was it was like a trailer park, a Walmart, the school that hadn't been updated in a while. And in between all that stuff was like a bunch of meth labs. It was awful. It was terrible. (laughs) And like, you know, I I got to the I got to my place and it was a nice condo. And he's and they and I'm calling my parents and I'm crying. I was like, I can't do this. I can't, I'm freaking out. They're like, they're like, Well, how's the house? And I was like, it's great it's like brand new brand spanking new 1200 square feet and it was like $300 a month because of a meth lab was sitting right beside it I was like it's great but like everything's so beat down and they're like you're there temporarily just go there coach you, you know do your thing I made a whopping like 10 grand but in Kentucky it was like I was living like I was eating out I mean, you know just doing everything
0: you told me you told me you were the queen of Kentucky I mean, that was it <laughs>
1: And, uh, so then, and a couple of the coaches that were there, like my softball coaches took really good care of us and would take us out to eat to like, go get Mexican and stuff. So we was living, living good. And I was coaching. So then I told my boss there, Kevin DeWeese, I said, look, man, I'm applying for jobs immediately. And he's like, I understand. So I got, I started applying for jobs and then Steele posted a job for a full-time position. So I go out there, they fly me out, I interview, it went great. Um, And then he calls me when I'm on my flight back and he's like, hey, you're not gonna get the job. And I was like, I start crying. (laughs) I'm like, he's like, he's freaking out. He's like, are you crying? Like, are you okay? Wait, 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 don't cry, don't cry. Look, listen, we're gonna take care of you. We just wanna bring you in as a part-timer because they moved the part-timer, which at then was uh, Tracy Zimmer. Um, they moved her up to the full-time position and moved me into the part-time position. So I was like, okay. So I called my parents. I was like, I'm moving to Philly. They're like, okay, you got a, you got a job. I was like, yeah, 13 K. They were like, what? <laughs> they were like, I was like, it's a raise. It's a $3,000 raise. I'm like, and I said, and it's the guy that I got to work with. This is, this is it. So I go there for, I was there for a year. Yeah. For a year. And then James Madison called me cause I had applied to them When I was at Moorhead, he calls me. He's like, I got a full-time position for you. I was like, great. This is Greg Werner. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I went out there and Steele had told me, he was like, don't leave. I'm going to make you full-time. Don't leave. And I was like, can I get that on paper? And he's like, I can't get it to you on paper. He said, but don't (laughs) leave. I was like, well, I got to go. What's on paper? I got to go. And so – I went to James Madison, no bennies, 24K. I was like, now, no I'm, now I'm rich. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so I go out there, and uh, I was there for probably five months, man. And then Steele calls me, and he's like, come back. And I was like, all right. So I got back, and yeah. then I was at UPenn for nine years. And then at the end of the nine years, Steele resigned. We had new administration come in. They came in, and they fired uh, all of us or just about all of us mm-hmm. that had been there under the steel regime. So then after we got let go, I was like, I got to stay in coaching. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to leave Philly. So there was Bryn Mawr College, which is right up the street, little D3, like all women's school. And they had a position open for part-time strength coach. I applied for that. I got that. And I strength coached from like three to eight Monday through Thursday or something like that. Then I get a call from uh, Roger Marandino, who was at he was the head strength coach at Brown and he was a head strength coach for the Colts for a good little while. And he was like, I'm in the XFL. You want to come? And I was like, hell, yeah, let's do this. And so then I move up to we move up to Malwa, New Jersey and do the XFL thing again or we do the XFL thing. And then mid-season game five, we get a text. And it's like COVID is shutting the thing down. And I'm like, what? And so now I'm back at home on the, on the couch in the basement. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what's happening? Freaking out. Don't have a job. And then a couple months later, maybe maybe like a month or so later, my phone rings and it's, it's some Tennessee number. And it's like, hello? And it's like Mike Rabel. And I was like, oh, man. So I was like, what's up? You know, call. And he's like, you know, we're looking for a strength coach and all this kind of stuff. And and I talked with Frank Pirano, and he was there as the head strength coach. And I went down there for training camp and then they were like, stay on for the season. I was there for the season. And then while I was there, I had applied for the NC state gig. Um, uh, at that some point. And then I got the NC state gig at the, at the end of the season um, in February or April. I think I started here in April of 21.
0: So that's I can't I can't I can't remember. That's
1: where I'm at now. That's quite
0: the journey right there. I mean, that's just absolutely nuts. I mean uh, <laughs> with all these moves and everything that you've done like i in you know like you said like there's there's you got a lot of bad breaks on certain things yeah. you know like how how did you stay positive because you were one of the most positive people i know like one of the most positive straight coaches i know like you, uh, to me you're like the definition of like hey it is what it is and you're gonna make the best of every situation yeah. like, how do you maintain that positivity, positivity throughout that journey
1: i mean i was surrounded by like steel i remember when when we got let go he had ar- he already knew um, he already knew that we had all got let go because one of the trainers had called him, and they were like they got the whole strength staff upstairs and all this kind of stuff. So he called. He was like, you know, everything's gonna be all right. My parents were both like, Oh, good, you're you're now an employee. At least one time in your life, you're gonna get fired. Everything's gonna be all right. Like I'm, you know, yep. I drove the scooter or whatever. So I'm at home after I got Not the after, scooter. I'm <laughs> like, we got fired. We got let go, and. I'm, a, I'm like, I got the headphones on and I'm calling my mom and I am bawling my eyes out by driving the scooter and people, are pro- <laughs> I didn't wear a helmet. People are probably looking at me like, what is going on? But it was, uh. I mean, I am that same day. I came home and sat on the couch and started applying for jobs immediately. It was like I, I reached out to like a whole bunch of. I was in football, so I and like Steele had been in football for so long, so we knew a bunch of the same people. He introduced me to a lot of people who had been at like these Power Five schools, had been let go, and all this kind of stuff. So I called them. What do I need to do? So it was there was like no time to kind of, you know, I, I mean, I was upset obviously, but the. There was no time for all that negative stuff. So it was just like we gotta get the business. I gotta apply for jobs. I gotta call, see what I gotta do now. I gotta figure out where the money's coming from, what I gotta do, and just keep it moving. Yep. So I mean, it, it is what it is. You got, is you got is. fired yeah. and now we gotta we gotta we gotta move on.
0: Oh yeah. But now you're at NC State. How, how are you liking your role as a director?
1: No, it was it was uh I I'll tell you this, the first like six months, I thought like since I had that, uh, and you know me, since I had the title, I thought that mm. I had to be like poloed up, like buttoned up, like <laughs> in everything that I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, and yep. so I was like exhausted, exhausted by like month six. And then I was like, I had to check myself. I was like, wait a minute, like, I worked with Steel for 10 years. He walked around and, like, he tatted up, like, you know, rock and roll. I mean, death metal T-shirts and all this kind of stuff, like, all day long. You know, just not Ivy League at all. And I was like, he was there for, you know, damn near 30 years. So it was like, wait a minute, I can just be myself. Um, The director role is fun. I feel like it's the same. You just have, like, a seat at the table in some of these higher-level meetings um and like the people piece of like we've got a staff of like six six people here um six and a half people um the 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 different personalities and the age differences because i've got people who've coached more longer than me and i have people who've coached uh, the same as me and then some less than me and then you got your interns and all that kind of stuff so that's a wide range of like you know trying to learn that dynamic
0: yep no, for sure. Yeah, I totally understand that, and I, I, I'm like on a on a micro level of that because I mean, so and here it's literally me and our director. We're the full time strike coaches, okay. Like yeah, outside of football, okay. Uh, and so, <laughs> like he he literally, I'm in my weight room, the basketball weight room. He's like, you do whatever you want, and so I was like, can I hire some interns? Can I have some guys come in, and you just talk about people coaching longer for you. Like somebody came in and uh, interviews intern with me right now, and I and like he looked older, and I was like, hey, like by the way, like you know, just, how old are you? He's like, oh. Um, I'm 35 and I kind of just like sat. I was like, okay. And of, I was like, Hey, I'm 27. Like, are you okay with working for me? <laughs> you yeah, know? And yeah. he's like, yeah, I don't give, I don't care at all. I was yeah. like, all right,
1: cool, cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: So we got along well. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, but no, I've the people at NC State are lucky to have you as a director for real, because one one of the things I really appreciate about you is you always keep it real. uh, But you do it in a way that it's not like uh, people's guards don't go up immediately. Right. Like you. you, I feel like just you as a person. Right. Like you kind of help people grow. Uh, I mean, like for me. U was a place where it, like fostered my love for strength and conditioning, right? Because I had to take it as a class. I remember I showed up on the for the interview. I came down and, and you leaned back in the chair, and you were kind of like, I don't think you even really asked me that many questions. You were like, "Do you lift?" I was like, "Yeah, I lift," you know. And you were like, "All right." <laughs> we kind of just like sat there for a couple seconds, and then and then uh, I remember uh, I was like, "Oh, what kind of music do y'all typically listen to?" And you're like, "Jeezy." And I was like, "Okay, I, I could like it here for sure." And then I mean, but it was just such a good experience for me and. Like what I was like whenever I talk to classes, whenever I talk to younger strength coaches, you know, like they always the question always is like, when did you know you wanted to be a strength coach? And it's tough to like pinpoint pinpoint an exact moment, but I know like for a fact for me, I do have an exact moment. It was like 5 a.m. or 530 in the morning, uh, whole football team came in. And then if you guys, if anybody doesn't know, Penn's weight room is that's like one straight line like that. that is exactly it. And then there's a there's offices in the middle. And then on the other side is more like the cardio kickboxing area type deal. Uh, and I remember it was chains that morning. Uh, and and so they were doing back squats with chains, and it was like the loudest noise I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> and I looked over at one of the other interns who was there and looked miserable, like like absolutely <laughs> like I can't believe I'm here right now and everything. And I was like, well I kind of like this. Like this, this yeah. is pretty damn cool, you know. So yeah, you were I mean, happy you as
1: kicking could... shit anytime you came oh, in. Oh yeah, you always oh, had yeah. the top. It was always It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It was always pleasant to have you around. There was always juice in the room, no matter what. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: But then, but then I'll tell you what, you got your claws on me and then I and you actually made me train for the first time <laughs> in my life and that was miserable, <laughs> really miserable. I
1: still have that picture on my phone, like you just on the floor, <laughs> both seated row. Yeah.
0: I, I want to see if we can somehow get the listeners to see this picture because for real, like w- w- one day I, I I remember we you taught me about um what, uh Hatfield's eighty day. Peaking program, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and so I was going through it with Reese at the time, uh, another guy who in there. You remember Reese, yeah. Yep. Um, and so Reese and I were doing it. And I remember you were watching our workouts one day. You're like, man, this is, this is soft.
1: Like,
0: <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's not. I train hard. You know, like yeah. I, I yeah. thought I had everything. You know, I thought I was like that guy. And then you were like, all I right, we'll go do a workout one day. And you pulled out like a post-it note. And I didn't know at the time that was, that was the post-it note of death. Like that, like you just, you were like, I oh, will do this superset, this, 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 right? Here here you know we'll go right on and then what i figured out quickly is you trained with zero rest time like you like you immediately if it's a superset it's a superset we're not like playing patty cake in between and everything and and like it was an arm workout and i'm literally by the end of it like collapsed on the ground like just I, i i like i physically can't move and you took a picture of me and you made fun of me yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely we got to be better than that we got to be better oh yeah
0: <laughs> absolutely but that but that's also something i want to ask you about too like knowing you come on like to me, I think it is important for strength coaches to be physically commanding, right? Like, not not necessarily from a visual standpoint, but you do have to be strong. You have to do something physically impressive. Like, how do you? How have you maintained that? And then, uh, I mean, as a director, like, how do you approach that with other strength coaches? Because I'm, I mean, is that your philosophy as well too? Like, uh, you know, strength coaches have to train. Strength coaches have to lift. Yeah, absolutely. And then if, I
1: tell every in- yeah. everybody here trains. I've told the yep. staff. I was like, I want a bunch of coaches who love the lift and who love everything regarding training and all this kind of stuff and I'm yeah and we we have that uh so what did you what did you just ask me
0: Well, I'm saying, how do you, I mean, like, you know, how do you maintain that yourself? And then how do you approach it if somebody doesn't really get with that?
1: Oh, well, first of all, like training is sacred to me. So I'm always going to get my workout in every, if it's every day, it's every day. I'm always doing something every day, whether it be hard or, you know, running and all this kind of stuff, but whatever the case may be, I'm always going to get it in. I always say the first couple hours of my day belong to me. So if my first Mm -hmm. group is at six, that means I'm up at four and I'm getting my stuff in before the day starts because I hate If anybody bothers me during my workout, it really irks me. Don't come over (laughs) here and talk to me. And, you know, my my rests are typically, you know, kind of short. So, like, you're bothering me. Don't, like, right now I'm busy. This is sacred. Um, And I tell everybody they just need to train, especially the interns that come in here. Some of them come in, like... You know, they're an undergrad, they're like spindly, like they, you know, I'm like, your athletes are going to want to respect you. So like, it's good that oh, yeah. you get in and train, like get strong, let's get strong first. And, you know, I always give like the Hatfield guy or some Bill Starr stuff and like train and then yep. see where you go from there and then find some other stuff that you can, um, you know, dabble in as you get through, you know, once you get strong, but nobody's going to respect you as a strength coach if you can't. If you're not strong um, and I tell them also, if you can, if you have the opportunity to compete in something, whether it be like, you know, jujitsu, Muay Thai, all this kind of stuff, like do it. Like the kids will be like, oh, I want to come. I want to come and watch you compete and do all yeah. the things. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and they get it. But then you know, there's the intensity side of things because people are like, oh, you know, I train hard, and you watch them train. I'm like, that's like, what? What do you mean? Not, like, not, even, then, close. That's not even close. <laughs> and not even like all workouts need to be crazy. But like, come on, man! Like you got to be able to dial in something.
0: Oh yeah No I mean they, 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 Trust me and, and For anybody listening If you feel like you train hard Just do one workout With uh, Christy And it's, it's over <laughs> it's, it's legitimately over I, I, I really remember After that workout For like the next day like I came home And I just like Collapsed on the bed And the worst part was I mean so I was at Temple And Penn was out In West Philly And so You had to go out uh, and, and bike out Like two miles And then <laughs> the, We were uh, Like There's that one bridge I can't remember What the name of the bridge is Right That's before that. you get to the
1: South Street
0: Bridge, South Street Bridge. Yep, and so go across the South Street Bridge, and and it was like slightly downhill going down. And I remember like closing my eyes for like one second, (laughs) like just because I was like fatigued, like exhausted. And like I woke up, I was like hit a car, you know, and it was brutal. But I mean, but you, but you brought the best out of me, and I, I think too, like what was so important about it for me is now anytime I catch myself slipping, like right now I'm slipping for real, like because we hit summer. You know, and it was like, all right, like I got men's women's basketball, I put all my time into that. You know, like now it's like, okay, this is my first fall off season, I'll try to focus on as much as possible. And I look, look in the mirror, and I was like, damn, bro, like that's not good, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, so that so, but now, I mean, like, I think you gave me the self governor as well too, to understand like exactly when you need to uh catch up yourself as a strength coach. So, I appreciate you for that,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah.
0: Yeah, and then I remember too. I used to think I was strong, and then I watched you deadlift one day, and I was like, <laughs> so I am so fizz. Yeah, you were my max. I was like, come on, bro. That was bro. my lift. That
1: was my. That was my joint. I love that. I you still that. deadlifting I, or no? I, let me tell you something. I like will. I will take like three weeks of my life and spend on a true strength rock, and then I'm like, oh, it's too heavy now. Like if it gets above <laughs> like 400, I'm like, oh my god, it's just tugging all over me. I've got. No interest. I mean, zero uh, interest enough. in anything heavy and from the floor. So if I deadlift, I'm pulling from the blocks. I'm like, <laughs> i have like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh my god, it's just so heavy, and it gets so heavy I, so fast.
0: That that baseball wore off on you though gosh, when you're right. working with it. You've had too much, man. Yeah, I trap our dead six hundred. Oh my god, uh, off 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 of uh, eighteen inch blocks. <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> oh man, yeah. So how's the transition been for you like you said you worked mostly with football throughout your career how's the transition been now being more like I mean olympic. completely on the olympic side
1: Um it's been different I mean even when I was I mean I spent the majority of my career at you know Ivy League or whatever so we all worked with yeah. football and then we all had our <laughs> olympic sports so you kind of had it there but like you still had football in the mix but the I always compare being in football is like er south side chicago you're always there there's always meetings like there's always an emergency urgency this urgency that and then like anything on the olympic side it's like la dermatology you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's uh. like it's a cakewalk over here now basketball is just like own little beast over there but like all, your, weird deal, yeah, yeah. all your other sports are, it's literally dermatology and it's like, we're, we're hanging out, like, but we're, you know, we're training hard, but like, it's just very different. Like the, the, the cultures of the sport outside of football and basketball, it's just very different. I do miss football. I do miss it. I miss the structure and the discipline and knowing, and, and like the, ur- and some of the urgency, I don't miss like recruiting visits and things like that that just oh, yes. take over your off season. But like, um, it's just it's just a it's a world of difference but I do think that any strength coach should spend time in football like one one to, one to five seasons in football and then go do something else and people have like their hangups with working in football because they have this uh image in their mind of like a bunch of guys in a weight room screaming hollering and just like a you know a bunch of testosterone and f- like just a bunch of rage in the room like there was no weight room like no strength coaches that I worked with in football where it was like that, like still rarely raised his voice. Uh, he was very much a teacher. Merandino was never that, uh, Frank Pirano was never that. Like it was, and Kevin DeWeese definitely wasn't it. It was just guys who love training and love coaching guys and, and teaching and things like that. So when I'm, and, and to organize 120 guys, and to, and like, there's 11 different positions or however many different positions there is. There's so many different, you know, positions on the, on the, floor, on the, um on the field. You get, you get, you know, your skill guys are like another sport and all this kind of stuff. You yeah. get like all of it in one, um. But I feel like people just need to spend five seasons in football and learn how to manage a room, command a room, organize your training, and do all the things, and you get like all this culture from just this one team. Your DBs are completely different than your O line, and you know, and, and, and so forth. So it's different. I don't hate I, I it. I mean, I, I just I, in my old in my in my uh, in my older years, I've learned that like. The age group eighteen to twenty two, they're they're the same wherever you go. And once you're in a mm-hmm. weight room, it's the same. So it doesn't really matter what sport I work with at this point, as long as I'm working with, you know, a team and I'm, I'm and we're having a good time and training and stuff yeah. like that. So I miss it, but no, I think- yeah.
0: I think that's 100 percent correct. And I mean, two, two things that came to mind for me was the first was, uh, like you say, commanding a room of 100, 100 guys, 120 guys at a time, like for once for a couple of sessions when I was at Tennessee, like it was nuts. I mean, and, and it made me way better of a coach to be able to intern in that position. Yeah. And I, I remember one time uh, I, I, my group was I was with the, they called Jets, Tanks and Bombers at Tennessee. Right. So skill guys were the Jets, uh, uh, running backs and linebackers were the uh, bombers and then the tanks were the linebackers. And so I was with uh, Fitz and Craig Fitzgerald is now the strength coach for the Giants. Uh, Fitz was like alright you got the tight ends and I was like okay I, I can do that easy right and, and tight ends are it's so funny because you either got like the toughest dudes on the planet or the softest <laughs> dudes on the planet like there's no in between yeah. like they're just like they're freak athletes but they're either dogs or babies uh-huh. and so I, I he split them up intentionally so like those two were paired at each rack and I remember I was uh, physically I'm standing at one rack looking at it and my back is to the other rack and then and then I like turn and go look at the other rack because I'm looking at the two racks at the same time and he comes up and he goes, "What the hell are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm, li- I'm coaching the racks. He goes take a giant step back He goes <laughs> and plant one foot on each platform and look at both of them at the same time. And I was just like, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and so just ripping me, you know, but like that, that experience again, I think also like what you talk about with the high energy standpoint, like, yes, it's high energy, like, but those like come out like the max days. Like I remember like at UP and Tennessee, like that's like the, those are the videos you see that everybody thinks like right. it's still high energy. And like you said, it's guys who love to train. So it's really fun to work in that environment. And then yeah. the recruiting visits, because I remember – and the reason I want to bring this up is because I called you immediately after this happened. I don't know if you remember this. We had at Tennessee – it was every, every recruiting visit would be on Saturdays and Fitz was amazing. Cause like, you know, he knew we were working for free. I mean, I was driving for Uber until like 4am, you know, like, and so he was like, you don't have to be here for the recruiting visits. If you're here, he'd throw you a little money on the side, uh-huh. you know? And so I was like, all right, I'm definitely going in. Cause I want to eat like more than just cookout tonight, <laughs> right. you know? And, and so I go in and I'm exhausted. Uh, and my cleans are awful. Like, I, like I still, to this day, like as soon as I get above one eighty five my technique just completely falls out the floor. And so, uh, the, how they had it set up in Tennessee was they'd go through it, talk about each of the pillars, and then on lifting specifically, they would have an intern demonstrate at each station what each lift was, but it was <laughs> one intern, so you would go. To back squat and it'd be 315 on the bar and you had to hit three reps, which is like, all right, I, I can handle that, right? No big deal. And then you would go over to overhead press and it would be 185 on the bar, right? And so super easy. And then he had to go over to power clean. He had to just do power cleans last. And so that was always 225 on the bar. Well, somebody didn't set it up correctly that day. It was another intern we were working with. And and he, I like, I don't know what it was. He might have hated me or something. He knew I was demoing that day. Put on 365 on the squat. All right, put on uh, two twenty-five for the overhead press, and then put on like two seventy-five for the cleans. And so I do the squats; like I knock them out. I'm like, all right, that was that was a little heavier. and I look yeah. at the bar, and I was like, well, that is heavier. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, it's I immediately go over to the overhead press and like bear like grind it out. Uh-huh. You know, and there's like there's like fifty people in the room watching me do this. <laughs> you know, like everybody's observing. And then we go over to the power cleans, and i I literally get it up, and I do that like one like the chicken wing <laughs> where one elbow goes yeah, underneath yeah, yeah. and the other one. Would just get stuck there and then it drops and I like I, in that moment I was like if I could just like literally disappear like I, I would I would be so happy right now like uh, like uh in Avengers when everybody just turns into yeah. dust that's exactly what I was like thinking of and so and, and then I remember like I, I was like I have to get this bar up like like there's no choice right now and I look over at Fitz and he's like in like in his head like I can visually hear him like he's saying he's, he's like you better get that shit up I go to pull, and I barely get it up and like stay that was the most awkward thing of all time and I remember I immediately called you after and you were like, Yeah, because you're weak. Because you're weak. <laughs> I <was> like, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, I know every time I call you it's always a good laugh and I'm gonna get a little bit rough, But <laughs> Yeah, but I agree with you. I mean football, football made me a better coach for sure. That's um, right. And then man. Basketball is a weird one. I got to come up with a good medical analogy for basketball because, you know, it's like it's all smooth and everything's calm. And then all of a sudden you hit 20 hours and it's like everybody's running around crazy. We're in our 20 hours right now.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just nuts. Right. Oh my goodness. What's it, what's it been like for you to be back in North Carolina? Cause I remember we talked about, uh, when you were up in Philly, like that was one of the main places you want to go back to because you are a big family person. How's that been for you? Do you feel like it's helped you out as a coach to be closer to your family? Oh,
1: I love, I mean, Philly was five hours away from five and a half hours away from home. Now home right. is, uh, home is probably two hours, two hours and 15 minutes. Yep. So it's a hop, skip and a jump. Um, it's good. Like, I like being able to get, like, I don't have to plan. I'm like, I'm going to go see my mom. I'm going to see my dad. I'm going to go see the fam this weekend. So it's it's good. And it's and it's home. It's very, it's, yep. You know, it's home. So it feels good. And That's fantastic. what I love about living in North Carolina is the fact that you don't have to pay for parking or worry about the PPA all the time. So there's parking oh, spots that I can drive up into instead of trying to parallel park everywhere I go. And then now, even when you're downtown Raleigh, like they say that they're going to ticket you, they do not ticket you. So no they do <laughs> not. It is not the PPA. So... <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what, though, like my favorite thing, though, is just to absolutely flex on people with my parallel parking skills. Because oh, yeah. as soon as, I mean, like, and like we'll go and like nobody here has to parallel park for anything. Like Boone is like, there's barely any spots you can parallel park in. Right. So I always hit it like that. And everybody's like, yeah, that's pretty impressive. I'm like, it's no big deal. You know, it's no big <laughs> I got deal. Some, some slight. <laughs> yeah.
1: Turn the music off instead of turning it down and just whiff it in there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. And so you did mention jujitsu and Muay Thai earlier um you're always a person who pushes yourself outside of the weight room too uh like w- what are you doing currently because i remember we talked about rolling you got me into jujitsu, mm-hmm. and then i started doing jujitsu. and then one day i called you i was like yeah man i got my blue belt and you're like oh you're still doing that touch butt i'm over here doing <laughs> muay thai i was like come on bro <laughs> what are you doing now to uh keep pushing yourself
1: uh the muay thai i just i had two competitions this year um they were fun and if wait i on, let's see you, you see? Oh, uh-huh. okay. Okay. <laughs> I see I see yeah, there a yeah, yeah, couple yeah. trophies yeah. up there. All right. <laughs> um, then we got uh I had a couple of those uh competitions and then I've gotten into uh, so I bought a firearm and nice. uh, Tracy and Steel they're big into like shooting and all this kind of stuff. They were like you should go get a firearm. I got a firearm probably 2 years ago. I put it at the top of the closet, never touched it. And so this year I was like All right, so I'm going to get into it. And Tracy does all like the tactical games and all that kind of stuff. She's done that. Um, So now we're moving towards that just to get into something a little bit wild.
0: You're just becoming a lethal weapon, just, for real. Just
1: dangerous over here.
0: Just, <laughs> just dangerous. Yeah, dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but the Muay Thai, like, one of the, um, our basketball strength coach for women's basketball, he's gotten into jujitsu jiu- and things like that. So he's he's been talking about it. I'm like, it might be time. It might be time might be to time. put on the gig again. Um, yeah, but Muay Thai's fun. And then here, like, you know, it's uh, at UPenn, we had um, – the boxing room in the back and all that kind of stuff, yep. the, the tie pads and all that stuff. So we bought all the stuff here at NC State. So all the squads are we're boxing and doing all the stuff now. And they love it.
0: Uh, I'll tell you what, Boz Rutin is it's, implanted <laughs> in my brain. If I heard that voice it would be like a, a PTSD <laughs> flashback almost <laughs> Of those CDs we played sure. at UPED. Yeah. Okay, so and then one thing I wanted to ask you about too is you are somebody. I mean, like, I, I, every time I talk to you, it's an energizing conversation. It's always positive, right? Like, you always lift other people up, um, and I feel like you have a really good balance between your uh, social life, your life outside of work, and your work life. Um, and it, you know, how do you make that balance? And then, what do you, uh, what's advice you would give to other coaches who are kind of struggling with that balance?
1: I would say, I, I, if I don't need to be at work, I'm not going to be at work. Period. It's the same thing with the staff. Like when I was at when we were at UPenn, Steele was like, be here for your job and then get out. He said, there's no point in anybody guarding their desk. He had three rules. Show up on time, do your job and um, no surprises. So I have those same three rules for the staff here, but I added one and I said, no complaining unless you make Uh, a joke about it. And period. (laughs) So we can complain all we want, but it's got to be funny. You better make it funny. Um, because our jobs aren't hard. And so I think that it's important to sit here and, and let your staff know, like there's some strength coach or strength programs where they're like, guard your desk. Like you'll have an entire staff come in for the first swim group at five thirty, and you're not even working swim. And they're like, be here. And then when the last team is out, the whole staff can leave. And like, for, oh, for what, like, why are we doing that? And like, if I have an early team, you know, seven and nine o'clock a.m. and I got another team at four and five. Why do I need to be here in the, in the middle of the day? Like I got things I need to yeah. do. So leave. Um, so as long as the job is getting done. You and, and you're in the building and I don't want you to come in for your teams and then skip out. And same thing for mm-hmm. me, um, but. If I need to leave, I'm I'm gonna leave, and if I want to just go sit on the couch because I've just had enough, and the, like the music's too much, and I'm like I'm overstimulated, I'm gonna go take a break, and then I'm gonna come back, and I'll be better for it. I think you're a better coach if you're not like just in the building in the facility all day, just because you know you don't you know you don't have to be, and especially if like you've got entry level coaches who are making thirty grand and they've got six teams. Like, please get out of the building because it allows you to be able to go and get a a second job or do something. You don't have to be here if you're actually actually coaching four hours out of the day.
0: No, there's no shot. What are you going to be doing? What
1: are you doing? Just go leave and go get another job or go do something. But I think that needs to come from supervisors. Like, if you're a supervisor and you know your entry-level coach has like six teams and they have on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they're only coaching – you know, three hours, please tell them to, to get out of the building because it's, they're making 30, you know, the 30 grand, you know, it may not be that much for them. They've got school loans and whatever the hell else they got to pay for. Get them out of the building, get out of the building, get out of the building. Oh, for sure. Get out of the
0: building. But you I mean like But that's what I loved About working for you You were so aware of like this, The situations that everybody was in You know like It wasn't like this uh, Do or die type situation Like you said Like no, you know if I'm, if I'm not here at 5.30 a.m All of a sudden I'm not a good coach yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean it's, it's funny you bring up The music though too Of being overstimulated Because I, I drive in silence Like that's it You <laughs> that's know like, it. I, I don't listen to music And everybody's always like what, like Why, why are you so silent Like why is it Because like, it's the one day Like I'm in this like Small area that there's no noise uh-huh. Like it's the best thing ever yep. Because all the other time It's like country And all this yep. Other shit going on I'm like I don't want to listen To this yeah. man Like yeah. it's just nonstop. And like I, I remember uh, Somebody came in For the first time And like uh, We were interviewing And they heard Like a power Like a barbell drop From a power clean You know And they are like, kind of like Shuddered and jumped A little bit <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even notice it You yeah. know I was like, all right, that's, like that's I can are through so just, <laughs> this is yeah,
1: the exactly. life. I'm just
0: go I'm
1: going to go back
0: here And take a nap <laughs> I was like What we got yeah. <laughs> Which I got the futon right here Adjust. I might have once a while so all right well is there any other advice that you would give to supervisors anybody kind of in a leadership role uh that you would say for uh how, how to best treat their people working for them
1: I mean that's I, I guess that's the only piece I mean everybody yeah. knows their staff I mean and the situations but you know especially for you know because the the big deal or one of the things people complain about most is like pay as far as strength and conditioning goes and as a i guess a supervisor or a leader of a department you may not always have say as to what the hr is going to give you for money for your Mm -hmm. staff or whatever but you do get to say to them hey you just be here for your job and then just lift and then get out and go home and and do what you need to do so you're not like you know scrounging for money and and whatever the case may be just so you have to be here all day like no um, yeah. I would say that, um, yeah, like you, you do not get extra points for sitting around in the office, like dilly dallying and on the computer. Like, I know you're not in there doing work. You're, 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 what are you programming for the 12th hour? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, no shot, no shot.
0: No way. Absolutely not. Yeah. So oh, I, anyway, get
1: out of the building, get out of the building if you get can out of the building
0: it. yeah <laughs> yeah and the I, I think the pay piece too like I think that's like what always is interesting is uh, people do get upset about it but you also have to understand like from the supervisor standpoint like if they could give you a raise they would you know like <laughs> right. it's not like they're like guarding all this money that's right. like you know like oh, I just can't give this out it's like no no no. like I i can't give you the raise I, like, I, I'm like, trying to yeah but.
1: I'm trying to I'm in the front office like monthly I, I like I can't <laughs> get you the dollars but, you know, I can tell you not to be in the building and you can go get another job. Like, you there know, you I can try to make your life your a little thing. bit better here. Like, what do you need for me? You know, that kind of deal. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah.
0: No, I'm sure I'm sure all the people who work for you now appreciate it because I definitely appreciate it, especially as unpaid intern at the time. And you would pay for what was the Greek spot that was right by uh, Greek lady. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, you bought me a lunch from there one time. I'll never forget that either. Did I? Uh, oh, wow. Yes, you did. You feel crazy one day, I, I think. I
1: must have been on something. <laughs> and then I'm
0: pretty sure one day you also sent me to pick it up and you, <laughs> and you didn't give me any money. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, just, I'll pay for this one. We'll get you back. <laughs> so, well, okay. The last question I have for you, last thing. the main thing I want to know, too, are, are how are the dogs doing? Because Christy has, like, two of the cutest, like, best dogs ever. How are they?
1: They are Fantastic and ruining my life. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> one, one seven, and the other one is like two. The little pity, right? Is, yeah, two. Yeah, he's two, and he's he's two as two can be. And like I bought him a bed, <laughs> so he had a bed. The both of them had a bed. He chewed it, and he ruined it. And so I was like, all right, I reward a bad behavior. I went and got another bed the yep, next yep. day. He chewed it up and now he has nowhere to go. So now he just and lays up. in the middle of the floor. And he's. I was like, What do you want me to do? You want me to keep paying $80 for a bed that you're going to chew up? No, you're going to learn. We're going to learn. We're going to learn. It's consequences
0: of your own actions. Yeah,
1: 100%. No more bed. I gave you one. No, gave you two, actually.
0: I, well, I got right now, I got a two year old dog and a one year old dog. You know, I mean, these guys run the house. Yeah. I mean, absolutely run the house. Like, you know, it's just, I, I came down one day and, I'll, I'll never forget I was just like it was one of those like such a bad situation that you just like literally like you just have to like there's no response but just yeah. be calm because one of them just got straight into the couch cushions and like Yes, like two of the separate couch cushions were completely ruined. And so I, I just remember, I was like, all right, well, so I'm going to straight to Big Lots. <laughs> I, get a new couch. I, don't, I don't know what to say. And yeah. I was like, well, at least I got insurance on it. And I called and they were like, you do not have insurance on this.
1: And I thought like, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, can you dig in the files? Are you sure? Come I was I was like, like, sure on, come on. I know on. I
0: really did. I was like, anybody, hey, I was like, let me let me check. And I pulled out like my like, for some reason, I thought like the envelope that I had my social security card in, I was like, it'd be in there. Like, for sure. It no definitely shot. In no
1: <laughs> man, man,
0: That's all right though. We got we got great couches now, and now we got insurance.
1: That's it for a fact. You, learn. you live and you learn. That's my right hand
0: receipt right here. I can, I can actively, without moving, pull that out and pull that receipt out because it never happened to me again. I promise you. Oh my
1: gosh, <laughs> so. man.
0: Awesome. Well, hey Christy, thank you so much for your time. Seriously, I mean, this was fantastic. It was. Uh, I always love doing the podcast, but especially like catching up with you is always always my favorite. So thank you for your time.
1: Man, thank you for having me. It's good chatting and get, catching up with you and and uh, learning some, remembering old stories. That shit is always. Fun. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Things I never forget. You, hey you might have forgotten. I never forget. I promise you that. <It's> like, <laughs> last okay, last thing I'll say too is if you look up a video of Christy Bartlett deadlifting. Okay, I don't know if it's still up on YouTube. I tried to find it one day. I think it was like five 500 for a double. Five five for,
1: 500 for a double. 500 for a double.
0: Five, 500 for a double. You guys can check that out. You can see how, how much of a dog Christy is too. I'm oh, sure y'all man. appreciate it. Stuff so.
1: Used to be, Connor. Used to be. We're not picking up that heavy no, stuff anymore.
0: No, 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 no. They still, still are. We, we got the trophies to prove it. <laughs> trophies all right well thank you Christy
1: thank you Connor appreciate it
0: oh yeah